Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. It's FOMO Friday once again, where we definitely help you with your fear of missing out. (laughs) Yes, we don't want you to miss out on what's happening around the world, especially if you're not one that really tends to watch the corporate media much. And so here we are to keep you informed of the things that you probably really need to know, and maybe a few things you probably don't. So anyway, let's get started. We uh, we have some good news and we have some not so good news. Let's start with the not so good news first. Uh, YouTube removed viral pro-family speech from incoming conservative Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney. Yes, so basically the president uh, of Italy, the new one that just got voted in, uh, she uh, was removed from YouTube. <laughs> yes, her her viral video anyway, YouTube removed a viral speech defending the family and ripping woke ideology given by incoming conservative Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney before reversing course and reinstating the video. Now, Maloney's speech from the World Congress of Families uh, gathering back in, in uh, oh, 2019 went viral this, this week online in light of Maloney's groundbreaking win in Italy's first, fe- and, and she's the first female Prime Minister. Quote, why is the family an enemy? (laughs) That's a good question, right? Why is the family so frightening? There is a single answer to all these questions, she said in the speech. According to the transcript uh, provided, she said, because it defines us, because it is our identity, because everything that defines us is now an enemy for those who would like us to no longer have an identity and to simply be perfect consumer slaves. That's really an interesting viewpoint, isn't it? YouTube on Wednesday removed this video uh, and and the speech, uh, adding that an ambiguous note that the footage, quote, has been removed for violating YouTube's community guidelines. (laughs) That that, uh, was reported by National Review. Now, no other information, of course, was offered to general users about which community guidelines had been violated in the video. So they just said, you know, community guidelines been violated. It's out of here. But when asked what community guidelines were violated, they couldn't tell you. Upon careful review, we determined this video is not violative, uh, violative of our community guidelines as have and has reinstated it. This is a spokesman. Ivy Coy uh, for YouTube said when uh, actually putting the video back up. Now, Maloney's speech, which has racked up a stunning 20.6 million views on Twitter, targeted racial and radical left-wing gender theory, uh, as well as um, the, the attack on the family. Quote, I can't define myself as Italian, Christian, woman, mother. No, I must be citizen X, gender X, parent one, parent two. This is what the incoming prime minister said. I must be a number because when I'm only a number, 
when I no longer have an identity or roots, then I will become the perfect slave at the mercy of financial speculators, the perfect consumer. Again, just an interesting point of view, one that I would agree with in many ways, and, uh, and, and, and really interested to see how she's come right out of the gate with this kind of stuff. Now, that's why we inspire so much fear, she said. She said, that's why this event inspires so much fear, because we do not want to be numbers. We will defend the value of human beings, every single human being, because each of us has a unique genetic code that is irrepeatable. And like it or not, that is scary. We will defend it. We will defend God, country, and family. That is our mission. Wow, that is pretty good. <laughs> it kind of makes you, you know, wish that maybe she was uh, over here in America, doesn't it? <laughs> but anyway, in a related story, YouTube actually removed CPAC footage of Donald Trump and others. Uh, and other prominent conservatives due to, quote, misinformation, the group says. <laughs> Footage from the American Conservative Union's recent Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC, uh, event in Texas, was removed from YouTube just last week, according to the conservative group. The conservative conference told the Daily Wire that YouTube pulled the video for misinformation and gave CPAC a strike on September 23rd a sanction prohibiting CPAC from posting for one week, so they can't can't post for a week, with two more strikes leading to the account's removal. Now, CPAC uh, event in Dallas, Texas, which took place from August 4th to the 7th, it featured high-profile conservatives such as former President Donald Trump, as we said, uh, Fox News host Sean Hannity, uh, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, Re Representative Jim Jordan, and, and others. Uh, the, the removal of CPAC Texas is yet another example of YouTube censoring conservative voices. And this actually was a quote from, uh, from CPAC Chairman Matt uh, Schlapp, who told uh, the Daily Wire that this cannot continue. The Silicon Valley uh, monopolies abuse their control over the flow of information to prop up the Democratic Party. It's time we rein in big tech. Now, in recent weeks, YouTube has also banned conservative comedian Steven Crowder for two weeks after he interviewed and this this was his sin. He interviewed Arizona's Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake. Yeah, that was his sin. <laughs> the, the company, a subsidiary of Google, of course, Google owns them, uh, amended its policies earlier this year such that users are now permitted to express skepticism about mask wearing. So they've actually lightened up a little bit on the mask wearing. As long as you 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 can um, express skepticism, then you might be okay. Last year, YouTube issued a strike against CPAC's account and banned the group from posting for one week. Uh, the video included coverage of a class action lawsuit against large technology platforms spearheaded by Trump, in which the American Conservative Union is a plaintiff. Quote, it is clear that YouTube censored CPAC because we stood with former President Donald Trump on the lawsuit against big tech. And this is what Schlapp said in a statement uh, that, uh, saying that, that this is yet another example of big tech censoring content 
with which they disagree in order to promote the political positions they favor. Now, YouTube cited me, um, medical misinformation concerning COVID as a reason for removing the video, according to the American Conservative Union, that although the, the, the social media company did not specify again which remarks constituted misinformation. Lawmakers have repeatedly debated antitrust and, and data privacy regulations in recent months. However, proposals such as the Open App Markets Act and the American Innovation and Choice Online Act uh, have so far failed to become law. Now, I would say this. Social media companies can't have it both ways. We've done a, a, a number of podcasts on this. And you can go back and, and you can listen to those if you want, uh, where we spell out what we're talking about here. Social media companies can't have it both ways. And when I say that, what I mean is that they can't say that they need to be protected from lawsuits, which they are. They, it, you, can't, you can't see something on YouTube and then sue them because of something that was, that was in the content, right? They can't be sued um, because, because they say that they can't control what people post. And so you can't have it that way and say, well, you can't sue me because, hey, people can post anything. But then go ahead and censor anything they don't like politically. That doesn't make any sense. You can't have it both ways. And so either they have to remove those protections when it comes to lawsuits or they have to stop censoring the things that they don't like. And it, it's one or the other. So moving on, Newsom, and this is governor of, of California, Newsom signs onslaught of pro-abortion bills. Yeah, this is, again, another bit of unfortunate news, but particularly for those that live in California. But Democratic Governor of uh, California, Gavin Newsom, signed a slew of abortion-related bills on Tuesday, attempting to set his state further apart from areas that have taken action to protect the lives of the unborn. Quote, with today's abortion expansion, Gavin Newsom continued, uh, that, that uh, uh, and, and, and understand, he is, he is also running for president. I mean, that's, very clear. And he's basically said so. If if Biden isn't going to run again, he wants to be there. And by signing these 13 bills from the future of abortion council, Newsom hopes to secure his spot in the White House at the expense of women and their unborn children. Now, California Family Council President Jonathan Keller said in, in an email, a press release to the Daily Wire, uh, that Governor Newsom tells pregnant women California has their back but only if they choose to end their pregnancies. This package provides no, I repeat, no care for women who choose to keep their children. Gavin's not pro-choice. He's no choice, is what is what uh, Keller added. Now, some of the bills are part of Newsom's uh, determination to make the Golden State a, a sanctuary state for abortion so that women will actually travel to the the west coast to get the procedure and and if it is not allowed in their state where they reside they can then go to california or they can actually go to um oregon and and, and washington as well and they'll pay for your trip there uh, pay for your abortion and all that kind of stuff newsom has gone so far as to take out uh, advertisements on billboards in states that have 
taken uh, pro-life actions in order to tell women about abortion availability in California. So, so just in case you didn't know, <laughs> because your state is more restricted than California, here, come over. We'll, we'll ship you out to California where you can have your abortion and back. Quote, an alarming number of states continue to outlaw abortion and criminalize women. This is, this is what Newsom's saying. And it's more important than ever to fight like hell for those who need these essential services. We're doing everything we can to protect people from any retaliation for accessing abortion care while also making it more affordable to get contraceptives. Now, Newsom said that that uh, our legislature has been on the four front lines of this fight and no other legislative body in the country is doing more to protect these fundamental rights. I'm proud to stand with them again and sign these uh, critical bills into law. Okay. So this is not a right. I mean, that's, that is what the Supreme court said. It is not a right. Now, if you, if your state wants to, um, you know, allow you to kill your baby, then that's up to that state, but it's not a right. A right is something that is given to us by God, and the Constitution is, is and, and the Bill of Rights is what spells that out and says that we can't, as, as a government, infringe on those God-given rights. Because it's not the government that gave those rights to us. It is God who has given these, these you know, the rights of, uh, of free speech and, and this type of thing. Now, uh, just looking at the bills, AB 2223 prevents someone from facing criminal or civil punishments based on their actions or omissions with respect to their uh, pregnancy or actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome, including miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion, or prenatal death due to you know, causes that occurred you know, in, in utero. Now, while the term parental, uh, uh, prenatal death can refer to fetal deaths at certain ages of gestation. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, and this is, this is disturbing. It can also be defined as infant deaths that occur at less than seven days of age or infant deaths that occur at less than 28 days of age. So this is disturbing the way that this bill was written. The language of the bill could raise concerns that a baby can be killed if he or she survives an abortion or is born alive after another complication. I mean, the, the, the way it's written, you can, you can kill this baby after it's out of its mother's womb. That's the way it's written. Now, Senate Bill 1375 seeks to create more people who can perform abortions in the state and offers ways for nurses, practitioners and nurse midwives to, to receive training, to be able to perform abortions during, um, aspiration methods. Uh, the, 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 that method, which is when a vacuum, uh, device is used to suck a fetus out of a woman's uterus, according to UCSF, uh, health, women can get this type of abortion at up to 14 weeks gestation. Now, some of the laws signed by Newsom are directed specifically at preventing individuals from taking part in the enforcement of laws from other states. AB 2091 prevents entities from
from sharing medical misinformation related to an individual seeking or obtaining an abortion in response to a subpoena or request if the directive comes from laws of another state. AB 1242 prohibits laws enforcing uh, enforcement from knowingly arresting or taking part in an arrest of someone getting an abortion or performing, supporting, or aiding in the performance of an abortion in California, of course, if the abortion is legal under the state's law. You know, all of this, and, and, and you know, the, the bills go on that he signed. But all of this, just it just emphasizes that, you know, there's no such thing as Bill Clinton's wanting of, of abortions to be safe and rare. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, we, we, we're, we're not for pro-abortion. You can't call us pro-abortion because we don't want abortions. We, we just want them to be safe and rare. Well, yeah, so much for that. But the pro-death crowd is doing actually more than just, you know, passing new laws. Um, pro-life activist and Catholic father of seven, Mark Hauck, is fighting back after he was arrested by some 20 armed FBI agents. How many of these stories do we have to, to, to hear where FBI agents are going after people? Um, they, they, the FBI has truly been weaponized. Um, and, and they went after this guy at, at his Pennsylvania home early Friday morning in front of his children and wife. Now, the Department of Justice is targeting Hauk, who... Um, Leads an, he leads a nonprofit group that, that provides sidewalk counseling at abortion clinics in Philadelphia over an incident last year involving his 12-year-old son at a Planned Parenthood abortion facility. The family says how, who is now facing 11 years behind bars, yes, 11 years, and fines of up to $350,000 was defending his son from a harassing pro-abortion activist. Hauk's attorney is, is slamming the targeting as blatant political persecution, and the Catholic father has pleaded not guilty to the charges. Quote, this is a political uh, prosecution, asserted Peter uh, Breen, which uh, he's, he's um, from the Thomas More Society vice president as well. Uh, Breen uh, went further by saying that um, Biden's DOJ, Department of Justice acted against Hauk to send a message to the pro-life Americans. Quote, and what's clear from the Department of Justice at its highest levels, which is directing this case, is that they are trying to send a message to the pro-life people of faith. Don't mess with us, he said. They want to intimidate. They want to cause good people like Mark to stop praying and counseling at the abortion clinics of our country. And that's not going to happen. Quote, in, a, in the world, um, uh, what, what in the world would possess the Department of Justice to send 20 or so heavily armed agents to his family's home, violate the sanctity of that home, frighten the children and drag their father away instead of allowing us to present him peacefully, which we would have offered to do, the, the attorney um, was, was questioned. Breen said earlier this week that though they felt there was really no federal case, his client would have uh, appeared voluntarily. Instead, Hauk was threatened 
as and treated as if he was a drug lord or a mafia boss. Rather than accepting Mark Houck's offer to appear voluntarily, the Biden Department of Justice chose to make an unnecessary show of potentially deadly force, sending 20 heavily armed federal agents to Houck's residence at dawn uh, this past Friday. Now, quote, it put officers' lives in danger, and it put the Houck family in danger, and it was an utter waste of judicial resources and taxpayer resources, Breen noted, uh, adding that it was curious the charges took so long if Hauk was such a, you know, supposed danger, right? I mean, he's, he's, this, he's this terrible danger to society. We have to go in with this, this heavily armed force. Uh, well, I mean, you could have done that a whole long time, long, long time ago. U.S. Attorney Jacqueline C. Romero said Friday that Hauk was charged by indictment with violation of the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrance Act for allegedly assaulting a person who provides abortion-related services. A uh, a give-send-go account for the Houck family says the the activist was praying in front of the Planned Parenthood with his son and reacted to a pro-abortion activist harassing his 12-year-old son. Last year, Mark and his son were praying in front of the Planned Parenthood, and 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 this is this is what the account says. When one of the escorts began harassing Mark's son, they walked down the street. So Mark and his son, after his son being harassed, literally walked down the street from the entrance of the building. The escort followed them, and when he continued yelling at Mark's son, Mark pushed him away. It's all on video. But that hasn't stopped Planned Parenthood and the Biden administration with no prior warning. And in spite of the fact that Mark is represented by an attorney, Biden's uh, Justice Department sent a fully armed SWAT team into a home full of young children at daybreak to arrest a father for protecting his son. And in a related story to that, because, if, I mean, if that wasn't enough, right, a man who has admitted to shooting a pro-life canvasser early the, earlier this month is still not facing charges and remains under investigation. Yeah, Richard Harvey, he's 74, admitted during a news interview that he fired off a warning shot from his 22 caliber rifle when he heard his wife allegedly arguing with an elderly, elderly pro-life activist. He then claimed that he tried to push away her clipboard and accidentally shot her in the front of her shoulder. Notably, the activist, who has not been named, claims she was shot in the back while leaving the residence. So the hypocrisy here and the double standard of the left is staggering. They will go to great lengths to get their way including intimidation and weaponizing of our government agencies. And we, we see it over and over and over again. Why is this guy who has admitted that he shot her and, 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 and actually lied? I mean, you can see wh- where the bullet went in. It went in from the back. She was walking away from him, and, she, and he shot her anyway. And he's not charged, but they'll go in and they'll they'll take a SWAT team, an FBI SWAT team, and they'll arrest this other guy who is who is protecting his son 
because he was praying in front of a, uh, uh, an abortion clinic. It's just double standards. But there is good news. I told you, I promised you that there would be good news, and there is. Arizona teacher union's attempt to nix school choice expansion appears to have failed. Yeah, Arizona passed a massive school choice expansion over the summer. If you hadn't heard about that, again, we, we talked about this uh, on the podcast. And, and an attempt by Arizona's teachers union to block the state's massive school choice expansion appears to have failed. Save Our Schools Arizona is an anti-school choice group um, backed by teacher unions and, and, and is just not, <laughs> not doing kids any favors, right? And is trying to get a ballot re- referendum for the state's new expansion, uh, expanded school choice program. But the group appears to have fallen dramatically short of the required signatures. On Friday, Save Our Schools claimed that it had collected 141,714 signatures. And that's well above the 118,823 valid signatures required to trigger a ballot referendum on Arizona's school choice expansion. Um, the sig- signature uh, threshold is equal to like 5%. So you just have to get 5% of the votes cast in Arizona's last gubernatorial election. However, according to the Arizona Secretary of State's office, the group filed a total of 8,175 petition sheets. The Arizona Mirror noted this, that that based on that number, according to the outlet, they would have had to fill nearly every line of every sheet with signatures to meet the threshold and to meet the number of signatures that they claim to have. They would have had to actually had like overflow signatures where they were writing on the back of sheets and things. There's no way they had that many signatures. Many of the sheets were nowhere near full, according to the school choice advocate, uh, Corey DeAngelis. Now, two pro school choice uh, think tanks, the Goldwater Institute and the Center for Arizona Policy, uh, calculated that only about 89,000 signatures were filed. On Monday, the executive director of Save Our Schools Arizona admitted that the group had probably failed. So they lied. They didn't have the signatures that they said they had. And I, and I, and she said, I, I think we will end up short. Yes, this is Beth Lewis. Um, the, the final results are slated to be made public in October after the Secretary of State's office uh, reviews the signatures and Arizona expanded its school voucher program last su- summer. Um, Doug Ducey, who's the governor there, he's a Republican governor, signed the bill in July, allowing uh, every student to get a tax, um, t- taxpayer-funded empowerment scholarship account, or ESA, to pay for their education at a private school. Um, about about $6,500 per child for grades 1 through 12. Um, this has been a massive success. I mean, there have been people... Uh, that uh, that, that it, 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 it's actually being uh, used already uh, in, in great numbers and is, is a big, big worrisome thing for the teachers union. And that's why they're wanting to attack it. So, um, so, you know, you can chalk this up to another major victory for Arizona families wanting the freedom to choose the education that best meets their child's needs. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that, that liberals say they're pro-choice until there's a choice, right? And, and, and I would say competition is almost always a good thing. We need more of that within our schools. All right, lastly, 
let's let's turn to something a little more lighthearted. 22% of Americans would rather spend a night in jail than than contact customer service. A survey says people really really hate contacting customer service support so much so that they would rather spend a night in jail or shave their heads. <laughs> I shave my head all the time. Uh, a new survey conducted by one poll on behalf of Twilio Flex asked 2,000 Americans what would they rather do than contact customer service. The poll found that 30% of people would rather do their taxes, 28% would rather do would rather go to the dentist, 25% would rather go to DMV. Where they have to like spend all day, right? <laughs> and 24% would rather shave their heads, with 22% would rather spend a night in jail than to call customer service. Wow. People are willing to to go to these extremes to avoid contacting customer service because on average it takes three attempts or more than a than an hour and a half on hold in order to solve just one issue with a customer service representative, the survey found. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if I would go as far as, as to say, I would rather spend a night in jail or, or uh, go to DMV even <laughs> than call customer service, but it can be very irritating. And once you get a hold of them, I mean, it's usually somebody from India or something. So anyway, kind of, kind of interesting and, and maybe something that some of these companies might want to, uh, I might put a little more money into, a little more energy into, because it's not it's not looking good for their companies in that way. Uh, you may agree with that, and you may you, you may say, you know what, I I am a hater of that as well. I would love to hear from you. You can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.